and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Hey, 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 my friends. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest worked for years as a hospice chaplain and helped thousands of people understand the value of their life stories. He's a published author and president of Boomerang Ministries. He works full-time as a director in a hospital system and lives with his wife Maggie and daughter Casey in Ohio. He is a natural storyteller at heart who seeks to shine a light on the true and real story our creator has written within all of us. Be on the lookout for his new book, Eden Equipment, which releases in the next few months. Big Dreamcast, welcome to Brian Crum. Hey, Denise. It's so awesome to be with you. And I can't believe I get a chance to talk to your incredible audience. So thank you so much. It's good. You have had a lot of life happen from living all over to with the military and then traveling with the Christian band and now continuing to speak and entertain and inspire audiences. So I'd love to hear a bit about your background before we get into what you're doing now. Yeah, thanks for that. So I, I'm a healthcare executive now. I, I like to tell folks I'm I'm in the dark world of budgets and spreadsheets. You know, I've, I've kind of given over to the dark side in that way. But honestly, I, I started my career, like you said, as a hospice chaplain. And I, I've got some great paper on my walls. I know a lot of us do. You know, I've got um, an MBA from ITT Tech and a biblical studies degree and even some certifications from Harvard and bioethics and world health and yada, yada, right? And those are great, great pieces of paper. And if you've got some of your own out there, you know, good for you. That's awesome. But I'll tell you, for me, the most important things I've learned I learned sitting at the bedside of people who were confronting their mortality. And you're right. I've, I've decided to be that guy with a flashlight. I um, learned it at an early age because my dad used to work on cars and my job was to stand on the front bumper and shine that flashlight down into the belly of the engine while he did his work. And I've decided I want to, I want to like that job. I want to keep that job. I want to bring that flashlight to folks that are confronting their, you know, internal design. I want to shine a light on those things so that we can um, learn more about how we're made because I think it helps us do a lot of great stuff now here today. As a former clinical psychologist, I totally agree. <laughs> the more that we understand how God made us and then hone in on our natural gifts, the more we can truly let go of all of the things we think we should, could do, be, have, you know, and we, we often try to fix ourselves by getting better at our weaknesses when really like honoring and loving our strengths, we can thrive in our natural giftings. So Tell us a bit about your book, Eden Equipment, and um, and why you decided to become an author. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. It, I, I think it started for me with a lot of folks, you know, getting to the end of their stories and kind of having these regrets. And I realized that's not the way God designed us. God didn't design us to get to the end and have regrets. 
And so I started asking this question, you know, if today was your last day, what would be the most important things? And whatever that answer is, those are the things that we really should be doing more of. Um, And working as a hospice chaplain, one of the great things is you get to hear hundreds of life stories. And some of them are incredible and some of them not so incredible. But what you learn as you hear more and more stories is about how we're wired. And I think we have this sophisticated, divine equipment inside of us. We're equipped to live this powerful story, but most of us aren't using it. So I I wanted to be this guy who um, got to look more at our stories now. You know, let's not wait till the end. If that information is valuable at the bedside for folks that are at the end of their story, how much more valuable is it for us who are starting our story or who are in the middle of our story? You know, I like to think I'm still early in my story in a lot of ways, and I hope um, a lot of us feel that way out there too. But the thing that we all share is all of our stories matter. And we want to know that. We want to know that the even the tragic parts, the sad parts, the funny parts, the beautiful parts, we want to know that people heard our story and that they meant our story meant something to people out there. So I think that that was the kind of the birth of the idea of the book is to be that guy with the flashlight. It helps folks kind of tackle some of those questions. What are some of the common regrets you heard at the bedside of those in their last days? You know, the biggest one I heard is these things that hold us back. And I I like to call them our bad words because I think, um, well, I'll tell you a story (laughs) that illustrates it beautifully. Um, I'm here to talk about a book that I wrote called Eden Equipment, but my first book that I wrote was just an epic fail. (laughs) And it was this children's uh, book, beautifully illustrated. And it was a story that I wrote about a bedtime story, basically, that my daughter and I kind of put together uh, real time. And we thought it'd be really great if she took this book and read it to her kindergarten class. And her teacher thought so, too. Only problem is uh, the teacher got a hold of the book and said, let's, let's, let's bring your daughter in and have her read to all of the kindergarten classes. Principal loved the idea. Principal read the book. Big problem. Principal says, you've got, you know, some foul language in the book that'll prevent this book from being shared at our school. So here I am, I'm this, this dad of this, you know, this beautiful girl at this school, and we want to share this bedtime story that I wrote, and it's banned for foul language. And the two bad words, you know, you can beep these out on your show, but the two bad words are butt and crack. And if you put those together, you get the word butt crack. And believe it or not, this this child uh, book was children's book was banned for the for that phrase. Um, it's it's funny. It's a story about a runaway diaper rash, and it gives you the insight there. And the links the nurse and a doctor go to treat this, and it's just really funny and fun. But those two words kept us from sharing this story with its intended audience. I think that's the way it is for us, Denise. You know, we we all have this story to share. And we often let just one or two bad words keep us from sharing it with the world. And what I've seen most at that, those final moments with folks is that regret that they let 
just a couple things hold back their entire story from the world. Ooh, that's such a, that is such a great example. And now I'm also going to need the link to that first book to put in the show notes because we all want to read it. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but what I'm talking to, to new business owners and helping them, you know, create their social strategy and their, um, you know, signature programs and things. Sometimes they tell me, I don't want to be that person who posts on social media too much. I wonder what people are going to say when I post about my new business. And I've learned to ask, who are you worried about? Because the reality is, is it's usually one or two people (laughs) that they're thinking of that they think may have a negative reaction or think maybe judging them, or they think they have this preconceived idea of what they may say or whatever when they post. And so it's true that that's like the gatekeeper, right? These one or two people that could stop us from a whole mission, you know, and ripple effect of what that would have all over the world by us actually sharing our stories or launching our businesses or doing that thing that God is doing us to do. Um, so You're we so have true. learned to just like unfriend them or block them from certain posts or take them out of the group or whatever, because there's no reason to let one or two people or one or two limiting beliefs or one or two experiences keep us from sharing what yeah. God has for us to share. Yeah. And maybe those, you know, those couple of fears hold us back and steal our confidence and, and you know, and shame on us for letting one or two people do that in our lives but I get it because I, I think we carry around these bad words sometimes kind of like a burden. And for me, they're usually the ones that start with not. <laughs> it's the I feel like I'm not smart enough or I'm not talented enough and um, not beautiful enough. Maybe those apply to your, your start of your business. You know, I, I don't have the confidence I need or I'm, I don't have the product niche or, you know, fill in the not statement there. I bet you could. Um, but I think the trick is to take the knot out because we weren't designed with knots. You know, we, we added the knots later. And I, I think if we take those out, what you're left is with is we are. We are smart enough. We're talented enough. And we're capable enough, no matter what one or two folks say on social media, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that still small stirring is going to continue to pop up within your soul until you finally take action on it. And so it's interesting to hear that um, later in life, those types of stirrings that we sat on and didn't take action on end up being the, the regret at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and I think the opposite's true too. And maybe this is some fuel for those folks looking to get some traction with their business. You know, I think our good words are the opposite of bad. That's not a too scientific for anybody, but our good words keep us moving in life. And I, I think the trick is to surround ourselves with good words and people that pour those into us. Um, and my example for that is my Dukes of Hazard race car track when I was a kid. Did you ever have one of those like when you were younger? <laughs> no, not a race car track. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I had one and it's the, the technology is really laughable at this point because it's this circle of plastic 
And if you remember, they had like little cars with little metal posts and you slid them down into this groove on the track. And then the high tech it, part of it was you push your thumb on one button and it made this track go around the, the made the car go around the track. And I think the one button, if you had one button to push, it's a, it's our good words. We can't see them. It's kind of like that electricity in the track. You can't see the electric flowing through the track, but you know it's there because you can see the cars move. And when I think about some of the things that we say to each other, I see the effects of our good words. You know, you compliment someone and their face um, blushes with their cheeks blush red. You know, you say something positive and they actually kind of improve their posture or, oh my goodness, I'm at the sideline of my daughter's soccer game and I'm cheering. And it's amazing because you can shout from the sidelines and people will play harder or run faster or do better. I think our good words are so underestimated. And, you know, especially if you feel like you're kind of doing it solo out there, starting a new gig, you know, surround yourselves with those folks that are going to cheer from the sidelines and keep you going. Yeah. Amen. And cause you would be so surprised with what you truly can accomplish when you've got people linking arms with you and cheering on your vision. When we're behind the computer by ourselves with our notebook, you know, typing away or whatever it is, it's easy for fear to creep in or comparison game or jealousy when we see someone else doing what we want to be doing, you know, that kind of thing. But when we're surrounded by people who are believing in us and see us three steps ahead of where we see ourselves, we will rise to meet that expectation. But we choose that, don't we? We choose that. It's not going to happen on its own because Otherwise, we'd already be there. We have to choose to find those people to intentionally um, put ourselves around, you know, to 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 help us. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, it will just kind of keep shrinking back. I saw, you know, I saw a great example of that on the news. Um, And I think it's a little bit older story now. Um, But I saw a story on the news about this guy in Australia, and he was a commuter, he's getting on a train to go to work and he's standing on the platform and this subway train pulls in. And I don't know, I've been on a couple subways and you probably have too. There's, there's usually this little crack between the platform and the train. And there was actually a sign there they, they talked about in the news story that said, mind the gap, you know? And so this guy, unfortunately, doesn't mind the gap and his foot falls exactly in the wrong way. And he he has one leg that falls between the platform and the train and he ends up getting stuck because he falls as far down as one leg can fall, you know, with the other leg still on the platform. So what I thought was interesting is the train's on a schedule and this is a big deal because if that train takes off now with him stuck, he's definitely going to lose a leg, maybe more, you know, maybe his life. And this quick thinking conductor decides uh, the perfect solution. He actually has everybody who's on the train step off of the train and they push against the side of this train and they move it. And you think about what a train weighs, but all these people pushing together, able to move it centimeters, you know, not feet, centimeters, but it's enough. It's enough for this guy to pull his leg out from the gap between the train and the platform and it saves him. 
And I don't know, Denise, I think sometimes we're the people on the platform and sometimes we're stuck and we feel alone. And sometimes we're the people on the train and we need to take a step off and put our shoulders into the problems other people you know, around us are facing. Because I think that problem, I can't move by myself. Certainly all of us can move it together. So maybe you're there as a, as a new business owner and you feel solo you know, or stuck even. That's okay because a lot of us are on the train and we can work together to get you going again. Yeah, it is a community effort isn't it? Truly everything. I think raising kids is a community effort. We don't need to do that solo. I think creating businesses is a community effort. You want to network as much as possible and let people know you're open for business, but also ask for support, but then also see how you can support them. And it's just this give and take that truly allows the space for everybody's dream to come true. You know, there's enough people in this world where there's no such thing as saturation, right? Like we really do have enough space for everybody to succeed. So when did you decide like, all right, I want to take these experiences and these stories that I've heard and create something um, out of it? Who is the intended audience and what type of experience would they expect with reading um, Eden Equipment? Yeah, I I think it's anybody who's wanting to move forward in their life. Anybody who's maybe feel like you haven't fully engaged your potential yet. I I think the good news that I that maybe want to write the book is all of the things we need to be really successful are internal. They're inside of us and we can uncover them. We can dust them off. We can plug them in and we can push play on this powerful life. So, you know, I like the story of Adam and Eve um, because I I think it's it's our story. It's it's mankind. Mankind's kicked out of this garden. But the thing that I think we most miss is that God never went back and redesigned our components. All of the original components for living that that really fulfilled life are still there. And I get goosebumps because I think about they're where God installed them. They're still, they still have his fingerprints on them inside of us. And they're not far away. This isn't a far off expedition. This is a, a little more, you know, close. This is just looking inside of ourselves. So I think that's the piece I want folks to, to really get is the, the success that we all crave and want, the things that we wish we had done better when we get to the end of our story they're right there in front of us and we can tap into them. So even as maybe somebody um, going through a transition, Leonoa, um, whether you're like in your midlife crisis, as they say, or a job transition, or your kids are moving out of the house, or maybe your kids are toddlers and they're about to go to school and you now have this time back. Um, what would somebody who you feel like, if, if, what would you say to somebody who says, I have the stream, but X, Y, and Z, like, can they, what can they do now to ensure they don't have any regrets in the future? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, and I, I guess I have another story for that one too. And I, that's, I think that's the thing about the book I've written too, is there it's full of these stories and the stories just speak to some of the problems that we're facing. And so perfect one for that is another news story I saw that was true 
from a um, Louisiana. That's this house that caught fire in Louisiana, and the firemen respond to put the flames out, and they do their work with the water and the hoses. And then, as the smoke clears and they shine their flashlights through the debris, they realize that the flames burned down to the two by fours of this house and then stopped. And as they shone their flashlights on the what was left of the house, they realized as the owners had built the house, they wrote scripture on the two by fours, like in Sharpie magic marker, right? They just wrote scriptures on these boards. And what call it supernatural or not, whatever it was, when the flames reached those boards, they stopped, the fire stopped. And what I think I would say to anybody looking to start something new or looking for that, um, that place to begin engaging your dream is to start with your framework, to look inside of yourself and to find some of the things that were written there by our creator. Because I think we've all got some truth there that helps keep us going and fueled for our dreams. You know, things like we're, we're really worthy, we're forgiven, we're loved, we're beautiful. You know, these are all truths that I think when you get out on your own solo, we start to doubt our confidence because maybe uh, we forget some of the truths written on our framework. So what I love about times like this is it's maybe a chance to take a pause and look what's written there, what needs underlined, what needs highlighted to keep us going, and maybe maybe what needs erased or crossed out. Because I, I think if you're like me, we've probably written some things that aren't so great on our framework and, and they're at our core. You know, we've let them sink down deep into ourselves. And it's time probably to to reassess some of those things. Uh, certainly, um, you start out as a new a new endeavor, and if you've got some things that are undermining your confidence, those weren't originally written there, right? Um, and maybe it's time to cross some of those out. Yeah, absolutely. I do a lot of self sabotage work, and it really boils down to our self image, right? We act out of who we believe we are and what, who we believe the world to be. And we'll never out earn our own self image. And so shifting that foundation will then yield a different fruit, but you can try harder with that same, you know, old wood <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and you're not going to get your desired results. So I love that you start with that foundation or that framework in mind before even you take action. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is they'll just get straight into action and doing, 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 but yet they're operating out of a lack mentality. They're operating out of a never enough mentality. They're operating out of this place that then even if they hit their goals, it's not going to last or it's not going to be fulfilling or they're not going to enjoy the journey along the way because that foundation is a bit rotted. So he allowing God to heal that foundation and allow us to see us for who we truly are, who he created us to be, then take action, I think will yield the best tasting fruit. Oh, you're so wise. That's so true. I, I mean, you think about some of the folks that are so successful and a lot of the people I'd hold up as, as heroes, they know themselves so well. 
And that's been a lesson for me is you got you to know yourself, you know, before you start to sell yourself or anything you've made to the world around us, you know, you got to know yourself. So that's been kind of a one that I've taken to heart and looked at my internal framework to do some underlining and erasing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true because we're all going to have life happen, right? And we're all going to have naysayers or haters or negativity at some point. Hopefully it's not all the time, but you're going to have some sort of like, eh, you know, or whatever attitude from somebody. But when we know that we know that we know that we're doing what we're supposed to do, I say it goes from your head to your heart, like game over. You've already won because they will say whatever they want to say. And you go, thank you for your opinion. I respectfully disagree. And we keep moving. Um, And we're not derailed by the one star review or the, you know, person who asks for a refund because we know that what we have is changing people's lives and that out like that trumps the one or two naysayers we'll have along the way. So true. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I have a program called 90 day U-turn, which I call a loving kick in the right direction. (laughs) Loving kick in the right direction. Ooh, I need that one. (laughs) It helps with overcoming self-sabotage and really getting to, you know, the root of your life purpose and those core beliefs. And I find that the business owners that go through that first and then join my business program, join the business program with like, like I I fire in their belly, you know, rather than I think I kind of should have maybe want to, ah, eek. (laughs) They're like, I'm ready. Let's go. And they have this purpose to their business uh, that, you know, that nothing, no one can stop them. And so I feel like that foundation is always the first step. That's so big. I don't you think that you need to go far that that big fire in your belly? That's I, I think I've seen that, Denise, you know, folks getting to the end and there's no fire left and they're upset because, you know, what they've been left with is is not what they were proud of, you know. So wow, anything to foster that fire, fire in the belly. I love that phrase. That's so good. Oh, this is fascinating to me. I, I did, um, um, I had a keynote speech once and I talked about your spark and you have to light your spark. And, um, and once you have that spark, like you kind of know what that spark is, it's our job to fan the flame, you know, because it's our job to keep it going. And I think that's where books like yours really help us to keep our spark lit, because if we're not doing personal development, if we're not surrounding ourselves with people that speak life into our dreams, if we're not constantly kind of challenging ourselves to learn and grow, we will shrink back to what's normal and we will shrink back to being comfortable and we will shrink back to, you know, oh, well, this is just the way life is. And, and the reality is, is a lot can change in a year if you create it. And so I appreciate books like yours that give us you know, kind of like I call it um, bumper bowling, you know, and you like bowl and you intentionally put the bumpers up, right? That's kind of what we're doing. We're intentionally putting the bumpers up so we can keep ourselves motivated and, and going in the direction that we desire to keep our spark lit. And I now have a new vision of not just like one of the exercises I have my clients do when we're at retreats is to like imagine them being 89 years old, sitting in a rocking chair, like giving advice to their grandchildren. Um, but I'm now going to add to that visualization that they've got their spark, that even at 89 years old, there's a fire in their belly. There's a life to their soul and they haven't given up. 
I did some work in Africa and you, I mean, you can see the life gone in a lot of these elderly women who are living on their own or maybe taking care of their grandchildren. And of course there's not everybody, but there were some where you thought, man, she's just kind of like waiting to pass away and there's no life left. And, uh, that's a really interesting yeah. analogy to think about. Like, how do we keep our spark? And that, you know, that wasn't what we were designed for. Right. Yeah. And, you know, no, no offense to that person, but I sure have seen that a lot. And I, I heard somebody say once, um, make a list of the things that you die for, you know, and then ask yourself, why aren't you doing those? Go do them. And certainly anybody who's decided to start something, a business or something new, that had to start with a similar list. And what what made you make that list? And maybe it's time to post that list over your desk if you haven't and look, or maybe your mirror in the morning, you know, wherever you need to hang those back to those good words around yourself to keep you motivated, to keep that fire burning. Um, yeah, I, I, I know I need that. I don't know what's on your list, but I definitely could make mine. Yeah, I think that's so fascinating to think of like, that's a great, um, uh, vision for our futures is to have a fire that's lit. And that doesn't mean that life doesn't happen because life will happen. There will be disappointments. You're allowed to have bad days. You know, grief is real and it's a process and it can take some time. Um, but to have forgiven yourself, forgiven others, and come to a place where you still have a love that overflows even in your last days, I think is a really great goal to achieve too. Yeah, agreed. I love it. Um, So how can people get your book? Oh yeah, thanks for asking. So I've set up this handy dandy text feature. So if you text my name, Brian, and I spell it the God intended way with a Y. <laughs> so if you text Brian, B-R-Y-A-N to 66866, that's B-R-Y-A-N to 66866. It'll take you to a, a page that's just got a couple of links on it. And it's got great stuff. It's got a place to sign up for my book, Eden Equipment. There's a place you can connect with me on social media. I promise I'm not a negative guy on there. So go ahead and sign up for that. Um, Connect with me. I'd love to connect with you and your business out there, especially if you're just getting started. And then if you're looking for someone to speak at your church or your organization, there's a link to connect me with that too. If you want someone to tell some funny stories or you know, just somebody that maybe looks a little funnier than your normal guy that's up there preaching or talking, then I'm your guy. So click on a button for that there. And then you can also learn more about um, one of the great things behind the book. And that's a nonprofit that we started called Boomerang Ministry. And it's really about folks that um, uh, we tend to focus on ministers who have gotten stuck kind of back to that train analogy, you know, we've got some folks that we've helped. Uh, For example, a minister who fell off his roof and couldn't work for a while, we were able to pay their salary. Or, you know, we've had another minister who was going through chemo and couldn't work and needed some some help with their finances and their expenses. So we've been able to do some great things uh, for folks with that. 
all of the proceeds from the sale of Eden equipment go to that. They go to helping folks like that, 100% of those. So if you help, uh, if you buy Eden equipment, I hope you'll get some information that helps you move forward. But as you do that, you're helping someone else move forward. So it's it's a win-win and it's really good stuff. And I'm just so proud to share it with your audience today. It's one last time so you don't have to rewind. It's my name, B-R-Y-A-N to 66866. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And yeah, there's so many needs in this world. I never would have, how did Boomerang Ministries get started? How did you think of this? <laughs> well, I started thinking, you know, how do we help the most people? Because I'm one guy, right? And maybe that's why a lot of your folks get into business. You probably had a similar thought. And I realized we've got a lot of people. We've got this army of folks out there working for churches. And when you look at some of the work that our ministers do out there, uh, boy, the, the pressure is great. You know, there's a lot of work to do. There's not a lot of time. And they often feel like that one person, that one guy or that one girl, and they're doing, you know, just God's work. But I tell you, it's, it's can be tiring. It's, it's really exhausting some days. And what I've seen is a lot of those folks, when they get stuck, there's not as many resources and that's, that's a shame. So we're trying to be one of those resources and, and help the folks that help a lot of other folks. And that's kind of the way, the way we got started. That's beautiful. Um, I always feel like leaders still need to be led. You know, leaders need a place to put their hair down, breathe deeply and be able to like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Right. And like really be authentic and honest because oftentimes, you know, we have to have everything together. It feels like, and, and of course you don't want to, um, complain to your congregation or be grouchy or anything like that, but you do need a place where you can have high level conversations and um, authentically process or brainstorm through hard issues. And I love that you've created a, a place for leaders to have some of uh, leaders to be led, you know, for, to take care of the people who are taking care of so many. Yeah. And it's so funny to, they're probably the last person to admit they need the help. You know, when we first started this a few years ago, we were asking ministers um, kind of personally, I was having coffee with folks and Hey, if you have a need um, let us know, we'd love to help you about that, help you with it. And nobody, nobody raised their hand, like nobody. Uh, But then when we started asking the folks around, like, people from their churches, do you know someone that could benefit, maybe a minister that needs some some help, you know, or who got stuck in something? And they're like, oh yeah, of course we do. Uh, A lot of folks volunteering their own ministers who are in need of some help. They see, you know, the burden that they're carrying, but maybe not a lot of ministers willing to raise their hand and uh, admit that themselves. So, Maybe you know someone that that could benefit. Reach out to me. You know that's that's what that text link for is too, is for too. So be happy to chat with you about that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your wisdom. Thank you for saying yes to your spark and creating <laughs> a space for us to continue to say yes to ours. Uh, you guys, text Brian B R Y A N to six six eight six 
six and the link, um, all that stuff will be in the show notes as well. So uh, I'll definitely be in touch when the book is live. I'd love to grab my copy and share it um, as well. So have an awesome day and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Denise. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.